the rod, grab the rod! No, give it to the celebrity on board! Give it to the slip! <laughs> well, this week's podcast is... Well, we're joined by a very good friend of ours, Herbert. In the studio with us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm Jerry excited. Hello, boys. Oh, How you going, mate? Now, very JC, uh, can you give us uh, a little bit of your background and then we want to talk fishing with you. We know that... Uh, you know, you've got a beef to bring up with one of the pe- people in this studio uh, that promised you so much and often under-delivers. But I let's... know about that. I know all <laughs> about worry, that. Herb, Thank not, you. It's not you, Herb. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. No, look, just a quick snippet of me. I'm, I'm probably the best-looking bloke in the room right now, and that's that's really hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, goes without saying. But, Absolutely. But I've actually got no legs and ride a skateboard to get around, but I'm on the scooter today because we're in the studio. And like you two larrikins, I love my fishing. Mm. I learnt to fish, got all my insight from my old man, like most people do as they grow up, on the mid-north coast of New South Wales in my happy place called Southwest Rocks. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Great, Great spot. God's country. Absolutely. So, JC, just before we do get into your fishing, uh, you travel around Australia, you do, because you are an inspiration to so many people. You <laughs> sit you, there mate. and, Definitely. you know, as you say, you, you've got a skateboard, you met Tony Hawk, you ride a skateboard. Yep. Um, and people look at you and think, gee, what an inspiration. You've got a, a great outlook on life. Yeah, yep. thanks, Spider. But, you know, actually this came up last week. Somebody said to me that, that I didn't even know that she came up to me and she said, you are such an inspiration. And the point I made with her, it's like having no legs is not the inspirational part. It's the, the excuse my French, it's the shit that I can do because I've got no legs. Yeah. That's what I get out and that's what I like to do. Yeah. Including fishing and driving. And as you said, I'd travel Australia, travel the globe to sitting in the airplane with all the extra leg room in business class. <laughs> <laughs> See, I walk past him. He's in business class. I'm down the back. You're and I said, who class. needs this more? <laughs> <laughs> JC could go in the top locker. <laughs> hey, can I tell you, I actually have been in the overhead locker. Coming back from South Africa in 1994, I'm not joking. We can get Murph Hughes on the phone right now. We can ask him. He actually put me in the overhead locker of our aeroplane, right, because one of our hostesses was having a bad day. We thought we'd brighten up her life. So he, he, he shoved me in the overhead locker. 35 minutes I was in there. We hit turbulence. I'm bouncing around in there like a pinball machine. <laughs> Murph, Murph asked her to open if she could get a pillow from the overhead locker. She opened it up and I fell out on top of her. Very true story. Oh, 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 that's a good one. Well, we know you love fishing. Oh, absolutely. And just be, you are an inspiration. You are to me and to a lot of people. Thanks, and Herb. life goes on. Yeah, I mean, it and it's what you make of it. Yep. And you are an exceptional fisherman, my friend. Oh, look, I don't know about that. I just, I, I love it, mate. You know, when I've been fortunate enough to fish in some wonderful, wonderful places around Australia. Yep. And also uh, internationally. I've fished in, in Florida. Wow. My wife and I have fished over there. I've fished a few times in China. And let me tell you, that's very different fishing in China. And there's no reels. It's a bamboo stick with a bit of line and, yep. and a homemade hook. With a bit of dough stuck on the thing, I don't know if I'd eat the fish. We were catching them, but yeah, yeah. You know, but it's 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 fishing. Yeah, you know, and that's what it's like. And like around Australia, we have some wonderful places oh. to fish around Australia, as you two are elaborating to in your wonderful podcast. But I mean, I, I've fished up Dundee Beach in the Northern Territory. You know, I fish down south. I, I'd love to go trout fishing, but I'm not tall enough and I'll drown in the little bloody <laughs> ponds. You've got to wear those bloody rubber waders. Waders, yeah. yeah. What, what is the your, hell? Where is your favourite place? Where, Where's, you know, your best, you know, time you've had fishing? Yeah. I, I would have to say 
without a doubt, it'd have to be Southwest Rocks. You know, on the break wall of the Macleay River. Yep. You know, fishing down there. So that's that's uh, northern New South Wales. The mid north coast. Mid north. Yeah. Just coast. south okay. of Coffs Harbour. Yep. Um, it, it's it's on the coast of Kempsey, really. So yep. Kempsey's about forty minutes inland. It's a really really good spot. I, I caught my very first flathead uh, down there, and how big, mate? I was 12 years old, and I thought it was ginormous. It was yeah. only about the size of my forearm, and it, it nearly bloody pulled me in the drink. Wow. <laughs> you know? But that, from that moment, I was hooked. Yeah. I was literally hooked from that moment. And I, I caught a, actually the biggest flathead, and you love flathead fishing too, oh. Herb, and the biggest flathead I've ever caught was also at Southwest Rocks at Back Creek. I actually cast back up underneath the jetty, and I caught this flathead, and I had my mate Deacon with me. And she weighed 20 pounds. Wow. Eight kilos, mate. That's over a metre. It's just under a metre. Well, she was wide. She wow. was really wide. And I would have released her back. And she was bleeding from the gills and everything. She yeah. she had a good fight in her, mate. You yeah. know? But, and so we, I still remember we took it around to the local market. She was still alive. <laughs> and we chucked her on the scales. Old Charlie nearly shit himself. He didn't know. What the hell? What the hell? This thing's flapping around everywhere. Just on twenty pound it was. That is a massive flat flat I've ever seen. Yeah, huge. And my brother cut it into steaks and chucked them on the barbecue. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, hey, right. Before we uh, and we get some tips and uh, the way you like to eat fish for those other people who are uh, you know got their challenges. Fishing does bring a lot of fun and relaxation to a lot of people. Yeah, it, look, it does. I, the Spotty, you've met my boy. Um, have you met him, Herb Clayton? I don't I think, don't you think have so. Him. No, he, he's got a few uh, disabilities as well. If you ask him what they are, he'll tell, you, he'll tell you that his mother's got blonde hair and his dad's a nutcase. <laughs> he, That's a big disability. Absolutely. He's got cerebral palsy on his left-hand side. He's hydrocephalus and he's autistic. And one thing that I've, I've really put into him is the love of fishing. Because mm. it's not about catching fish. No. It's just about getting out there, having a good time on the water. You know, you got your rod in your hand, although he's probably got a different rod in his hand at times. But... Yeah, yeah, he's that age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, he's, he's almost 29 now, mate. Right, still so... the longest showers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as there's soap, it doesn't matter, right? Oh, yeah. But he, with his cerebral palsy, and I used to laugh at him all the time because I love watching him struggle, you know, and he's trying to hold the rod and wind it with his right hand. And he's got the best fish he's caught was a parrotfish out of the seaway here on the Gold Coast. Wow. It was a good size. Yeah. And to watch him battle to try and hold the rod up with his with his left hand and wind at the same time. But we made adjustments for him. We got a gimbal made. We put slits in the bottom of his handle so we could put the right handle in the gimbal. So it okay. gives him some stability. Yep. And he doesn't have to hold the rod. He's just got to keep it in the air. Yeah. You know, so that makes it. And, and you find ways to adapt. Exactly. You know, look, I fished up in Townsville. And there's a charter up there that's fully wheelchair accessible. Okay, yeah. You know, fully wheelchair accessible. And, you know, it's fantastic. He's a great charter. And well, we went out there and had a good time. I know. There's a gentleman in New Zealand, very similar to you. I think yep. he had a uh, he had a car accident, no? Uh, but he got no legs. Yep. And so on his wetsuit, he loves to jump jet skis. Yeah, okay. Go ride him in the surf. So he Velcros himself <laughs> to the seat. Cool. But it works. Yeah, that's as and, long as and it works. And he's out there, and he's amongst you know eight of us. Wow! And he's no, he's going harder than what we are. Yeah. And he's velcroed to the seat. He's yeah. velcroed his ass to the seat. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> wow! Yeah, but that is great. That's really good. How a charter? I think more should, should there should be more of it. Yep. Because you all need an opportunity. Everybody has the opportunity to go fishing. Yeah. Look, they do, and there aren't 
many of them. I mean, boats probably aren't the best thing to access for wheelchairs, right? They're, no. They can be a little bit ordinary. For me, it's okay. I mean, I can just jump off my board, jump over the, you know, the, the bow or the, yep. you know, the stern, whatever it might be, and just jump in full in the boat. Generally, it's in the anchor well. Yeah. You know, that's where I end up. <laughs> but this one, he, it's Fennec and Fishing Charters up in Townsville. And he has a ramp that he uses. You can get on there and you can park there. And he can take a, probably two or three wheelchairs at once. Cool. It's yeah. really, really good. And yeah. he's a good bloke. Yeah, um, that's good. What are you? What are some of the tips you got for people who are going out there fishing? Uh, sunscreen and hats, mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I really think you need patience. If you're going out there, if you've got a mission to go out there and slay the fish, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You know, if you catch a fish, you've had a good day. Yeah, that's right. You and know. You've got a lot of patience, haven't you? Because you've been patiently waiting for Herb to take you out. <laughs> oh, mate, I've been waiting for the last probably three years. <laughs> All I hear is over, <laughs> over. It's but coming, guys, it's coming. Like, oh, mate, I'm going to grow legs before you and I go fishing. <laughs> Your back's going to get better before we go fishing, Herbert. Oh, dear. Hey, gee oh, whiz. Yeah. Look, I, I reckon the two of us should start a group, the two and a half fishermen, you know. <laughs> And we, we could start a group up and people could come and join our little uh, little, little fishing club. Absolutely. Why put, not? Put stipulations on it. You know, you've got to have a great northern in one end and a rod in the other. Oh, yeah. Send us a photo. Yeah. Send us a photo. I'll look after all your great northerns and you yeah. just hold the rod. Well, <laughs> I don't need to drink. I'm legless all the time. Man, so. <laughs> now, tell us, what is the best fish? I know you've caught a big flathead. What's your most memorable? Is it the flathead or is it? Is there a reef fish? Is there something? Is there a story? Is there something that happened to you on the water that just sticks in your brain that you remember forever? Well, I have three fish that will, my memories of those three fish will, will last a lifetime. The flathead, of course. Yep. I've got a 113 centimetre barra. Oh, now you're brave. Cool. Also in Townsville. Right? In Townsville? Yeah, that took me 40 minutes to get her in. Um, I 100 and what? 113. Gee, that's over a metre. Yeah, Uh, over a metre. And look, what people got to remember, for most fishermen, you know, like you two, it's back, hips, knees. For me, it's just elbows and wrists, Mm. you know, and 40-minute fight to get her in. The look on my face, I looked like I bloody had skitties in my dad. (laughs) It it was hard work. Yeah. Yeah. But what she did for me, I gave her the biggest hug and a kiss, did the old Rex hunt, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I let her go. And that's what fishing's about. Yeah. And the other fish, I was actually uh, Foster Tun Curry, of course, again on the mid-north coast. Beautiful I was place. down there doing some speaking. And there's a river that runs between the two towns, That's right? correct. And I was on the jetty on the Foster side, and I was talking to Leanne on the phone, my beautiful wife. And and just as I cast, again, back up under the jetty, this freaking pelican shit on me. <laughs> I'm not joking. And I don't know if anyone's you. been shit by Pelican. <laughs> it was like someone dropped a two-liter ice cream friggin' on me, right? But that cast, I caught over a two-kilo leather jacket. On That's that a big leather cast. jacket. That's a big Elvis Presley well, fish, mate. Yeah. They often say that uh, when a bird shits on you, it's good luck. Yeah. yeah. Mate, this thing did more than shit on me, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, and it reeked of, oh, my God, it was horrible. <laughs> 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 oh, it was dear. a horror. But, you know, I, 
and I'm still on the phone to Leanne wiping bloody pelican shit <laughs> off my face. Oh, no. You know, but it was that was a wonderful, I mean, almost a wonderful memory. You know, like that's a big leather jacket. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The horn was the size of my finger. Yeah, wow. You know, he, he was They're a big They're good fish. chewing too. They are good chewing. And you peel them. Yeah. You can peel them in a way you don't have to, that's how you skin them. Yeah, so. and you can cook them whole with no skin. Yeah, you can. The only fish I think you can do that with, there might be more, I'm, I'm not an expert. Well, I think you can do that with drummer too, but they got a weird inside, the old drummers. So. I think so, yeah. yeah Never yeah. caught one of them either, or a barra. Yeah. Let's go through the list of stuff I haven't caught. No, no wonder you yeah. won't take me fishing, you bastard. Hey? hey, JC, what's the best way to cook fish? What are you the best fish you could have, and how do you like it cooked? Well, Spider, I know you like dim sims in the air fryer, right? Yeah. And I, for me, I, I recently bought an air fryer, my first one, and I absolutely love it. And I put it on the floor, and I can do all my cooking. The biggest thing, challenge Dave, is to keep the dog away. Right, oh, yeah. while I'm cooking, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's good because I've actually taken a little bit of pressure off my wife, you know, off Leanne, yeah, because she, she's a great cook, she yeah. cooks cordon bleu, and I cook cordon fire, yeah. Know, so, and I, well, I love catching fresh fish, and I crumb them in salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of yeah, this, yeah, mate. I'm telling you, the ants' pants, really, yep, yep, because I've heard of pants. I've heard of honey and nut crunch on. Um, chicken fillets. Yeah. But I've never heard salt and vinegar chips on salt fish. Salt and vinegar chips. So you, you crumble them up in the bag. Yeah. You fillet your fish. You put a little bit of flour and, and egg wash. Yeah. Chuck them in the bag. Give it a good shape. Straight in the air fry for six or seven minutes. And you air fry your fish. Air with, fry. Yeah. And does it still come out moist? This is a question I've always, well, I've never done. I'm a deep fry man. Yep. Yeah. Deep Friday is my day. That's when I do it. Deep Friday's fish and chip day. Not but good Friday, but deep Friday. Deep Friday, Friday. Is, is my day. So in the air fryer, still moist? Absolutely. That air fryer has literally changed my life. Not the ring on my finger, the air fryer. <laughs> so, you know, I, I said in the end, if we ever get divorced, you can take everything, just leave me the air fryer. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I really love it, you know, and it's great for me to, to, I guess, to have that bit more independence. Yeah. Before we do let you go, one more last question. Yep. Uh, where would you love to fish and what kind of fish would you love to catch? What's your ultimate Ooh. destination out Target there? list. Yeah, oh, your, your bucket list. Top of the wazza. Yeah. I, I have two. In Australia, it's the Abrolla Silence. Oh, oh, Western Australia. Yeah, the just, island of the angry place. ghosts. Just up north of Geraldton there. Yeah. They, they reckon it's so untouched. They reckon it's it's similar to the GBR up north here, the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah. But it's untouched over there. Well, and they reckon it's absolutely sensational. I don't want to brag. You've been there? I've been there. Ah, so no, I yeah. Have, have there. you really? Yeah, I've been over there. Yeah, was this unbelievable. The, was I this... haven't fished there. Oh. I've, uh, <laughs> hang on. Uh, What'd you fly over? Uh, hang yeah. on. <laughs> Hang on, listen to me. <laughs> there we go. I've been there. I've been everywhere, man. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, when you two Muppets stop laughing, right, I went over there. I was with Wheaties, right, who has the crayfish boats out of Geraldton. Yep. So I was on the crayfish boat, and his young fella, he has crayfish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I took a flight over to the Abrolhos Islands, landed on it, had a look around, saw the little shacks and how good it was, and that's where I learned that it was the island of the angry ghosts because there were so many shipwrecks yep. just off there. Really? But I was never, I never had enough time to actually appreciate it and go fishing. You got to think this is probably 10, 10 years ago when you know, I, mean, I wasn't into really fishing. I was just really travelling, having a look around. Yeah. So I kind of kicked myself now, but mm. at the same time, I've yeah. been there. Well, yeah, wow. <laughs> That that's the one that's in Australia where I'd like to go. Internationally, 
I actually do want to fish in New Zealand. When you see those TV shows and the size of the kingfish and that, that they catch oh, over huge. there. huge. Like, you know, some of those things are 45 pounds. We'd yeah. have to strap yeah. you in the boat, but them things pull like a freight train, Yeah, JC. I heard that. Look at my forearms, mate. They're they are right, big. But I'm not heavy enough. You yeah. reckon? If I had a head like bloody spider, I'd be all right. <laughs> yeah. if, you, get in. if you did get pulled into the water yeah. and you did have the skateboard, do you reckon you'd, you'd ski behind one of those things? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be on the skateboard. I'd have to bloody, what do they call like barefoot be like bare yeah. ass. They'd be bare ass skiing. A week, so. weekend at JC's. Yeah. <laughs> but, but look, that's, that's, I'd love to go yeah. there. And look, you know, Spider's got connections and over there. Maybe that's something that the two and a half fishermen could do. We could put a little thing together and go to the Abrolis. We I could fish over there. I wouldn't count your chickens, JC. <laughs> I've, I've waited at an airport Sorry, for seven hours <laughs> waiting for him to take me to Darwin once. Now, I didn't want to bring up this story, oh, but oh, since no. I'm in, on the firing line, I thought I'd bring it up. I'll take you to Darwin to catch the million-dollar barrel, he says. <laughs> Pack your bags, he says. We're going, he says. I didn't hear from him two weeks out. I waited at the airport, and he didn't show. He didn't show. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Killed a teammate said about him, too. He just never showed. <laughs> Radio JC. <laughs> All right, boys. Thank you. Thanks, JC. Good on you, JC. Have a good one, mate. And, Over. And we'll get you back. Thanks, boys. Well, Spider, I've got something off the cuff here. I want to talk to you about fads. Do you know what a fad is? Yeah. Go. The uh, 1980s, maybe gone out. No, they're gone now. The little cigarettes you used to buy in the little no, box. No, no. They're fads. We're talking. And you used to walk, in, yeah, walk yeah. around the streets Think of you're Melbourne. you smoking at Think eight years old. <laughs> Eating the candy <laughs> off them. Now, I'm going to talk fads. So, fish attracting devices. They come in many forms. They can be a floating buoy anchored to the sea bottom. They can be a semi-submerged buoy that floats halfway up so in the water column. What are they? These are like... Anglers have put these out there. Like governments and people have put these out there. These aren't recreational things. Well, no, they are. They're for recreational fishermen. This is the good thing about fads. So in Australia, the government has put a lot of money into, and this is why I agree with fishing licences. They should come into play in Queensland. But uh, the, the, oh, the Australian government have put them out pretty much all down the eastern coastline. These things are anchored to the bottom, and most are priority because uh, the cheapest way is to put a buoy on a chain anchored to the bottom in various depths and up to 100 metres. Uh, these buoys attract smaller fish, which attract predators, uh, Predatory fish and pelagic fish such as, uh, you know, yellowtail kingfish, uh, Maui, Ma, Maui Mahi or, or dolphin fish. Uh, they attract marlin. They attract wahoo. Um, they attract a lot of fish and they hold the fish there. This is the great thing about a fad. So instead of searching uh, perilous hours on the sea trawling lures for a pelagic, you know, like a dolphin fish or a marlin or whatever, you can go straight to these boys essentially. Is that cheating though? Is it cheating? No. I think it's helping the recreational fishermen. Mahi-mahi grow at a rapid rate. And these are the predominant fish we catch off these pads, is dolphin fish. And over two years, they can reach maximum growth because they eat so much, move so quickly throughout the water. They can grow up to 80 pounds. Now, wouldn't, they, wouldn't it just be swarms? So then 90% of the sea wouldn't be touched. You're only touching these three or four little pockets. No, well, that's not true at all. So from fad okay. to fad, you can put your lures out and trawl from one. They might, say, South East Queensland, we've got probably, geez, there could be more. I'm saying 15 from, say, Point Lookout, Morton Island, down to the Tweed. Um, so which you, is around about 40k. 
Nah, a lot more than that. Probably around 100, okay. 180 kilometres. Right, yeah. So it's, a, it's on, a, on a vast thing. And these aren't the only fads too. They also do concrete blocks that they sink to the bottom and they give you the marks on the apps. You can go on the, on the government sites and get the marks for these fads. You know, artificial reefs as such. They've got them in Moreton Bay. They've got blocks out off the seaway, off uh, Carrigee. Would it work in river systems? Well... Yes, they do. So sunken ones work. Obviously not the boys, so they, you know, fish do attract to that, but more so in the estuaries, you put them down on the bottom and that might consist of a, a concrete hollow block, you know, of holes for fish to hide in and they mainly range from a metre square to three metres square, so they can get quite big. But the smaller fish hang around them, the bigger fish, you know, attracted to that, they hold fish. Can they, and I've seen it like, the wrecks at Morton Island. Dropped seven odd, seven or eight boats there. Yep. Great fishing little spot. Now, That's a it's, fad. A green, it's a green space. So, you know, what I mean? there's no yeah. fishing around there. But should they sink more boats offshore? I, I think definitely. I think, you know, they do a lot now for dive sites. So, and this is what they do. And they don't just do them in Australia. People that uh, charter off Fiji and, and, and places like that, they put their own out which could be just a series of boys on a rope to an anchor and then down the line they might tie on some um, whatever, shade cloth, and that'll just waft in the current. I, I think what they do for recreational fishermen, they give us a chance to go out and catch, you know, a couple of these, you know, big mahi-mahi or whatever to put on the table with relative ease, I was going to say. say. Okay, what's the percentage? How much easier do you think it is by having these out there for a fisherman like us to go out there and get a feed rather than hunting in a, you know, a needle in a haystack? Before the fads came in, I did a lot of trawling for dolphin fish and I caught a few, but they were very sporadic. They were very hard to come by. Uh, since the fads went in, I went out twice in the one year and we got somewhere around 14 dolphin fish between four or five of us uh, fed us for a period of time and that was two trips okay it saved us a bit on fuel it was a bit easier to get to they do get a bit crowded so patience is a virtue but um, it's made it a lot more accessible and exciting and exciting I mean chucking a live bait no sinker just a hook on the end of your line a live yakka, throw it out towards this fat as you're drifting past it, and to see a dolphin fish light up and come out from underneath it and grab that bait and hook it on light gear, because you don't need heavy gear. You drift away from the fad, you can catch them on 10-pound line. just means you're going to be doing it for a while, yeah, you know, yeah. which is so it's a good fight. So it's very good for the, uh, the sports fishermen who catch and release, very good for the fishermen who want to go out and catch a feed. And very good for... I suppose, getting kids into it because they're actually not out there all day with a bit of hope. You know, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. But yeah. if you come, yeah, it's all right for us. If we go out there and, you know, we don't catch anything. We still had a good day. But for kids, they like, they like to have that. Fads, I reckon they're a great idea. Fishing licences, they help put these things in the water to help recreational fishermen like you, me and all of us around the world catch uh, a fish of a lifetime so i think it's a great thing good on the australian government for doing that and make sure you uh, join in on our socials as well have your say do you agree or disagree yep true yeah get on the anglers and uh let us know what you think we always look forward to this part of the episode and it is time for story of the week joining us is tazzy herb worst trip biggest disaster day you regret but never forget 
Well, everyone's got one, Herb, you know, and it's probably... I don't have any too many regrets when it comes to fishing trips because I'm going to a place where I want to be. But just just last Christmas, about three weeks, two weeks before Christmas, I'd normally head up to up to Mackay and up to Prosper Point and that chasing the barrow over that time. And yep. um, we I'd planned a trip up there with my son for three weeks before Christmas. So we were going. Anyway, I said to him, look, we'll just flip up the Somerset and um, we just put a new sander and a bit of stuff in the boat. So wanted to give it a run and get a bit familiar with it. So we get up to Somerset and we fish for the day and put the boat back on the trailer. And as a big, as you're coming back home from Somerset, you drive around the top of the, the dam side, around yep. the wall, and my bloody axle broke on my boat trailer. So, no. like, not my bearing, my actual axle. So oh. my trailer, American trailer. So nothing in Australian specs fit it. Um, <laughs> it has what coat, coating over it, like a black melphoid coating, and it roughed it out from the inside out. I didn't know. Oh, so he wow. at five o'clock on the side of the road on a Friday afternoon. My boat trailer's in pieces, basically. And I'm like, where am I going to go with this? Anyway, I was pretty dirty on the thing because my trip was planned to go to the car the next day and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, my young bloke said to me, Dad, you know what? He said, um, "This we've got to take a negative and turn into a positive. And I'm like, hey, good luck with that, Cobber. Anyway, <laughs> he said, no, look, he said, if we were driving right now, he said, we'd be somewhere between Rockhampton and, and Serena if we'd done those miles. And he said, we'd be 700 k's from nowhere in the middle of the Bruce Highway. And that's, you know, the Bruce Highway is a bad road at best of times, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I, you sort of take a negative and turn into a positive herb. So it could have been different. And if I had broken that at 100 k's an hour, well, who knows Ooh. what might happen. Yeah, so, you hate to think about that. But I remember... So, we, uh, same thing, a guy, I think I've told you, Herb, that I was in Alice Springs and I was doing a talk at a school. And I did a talk and uh, I spoke to the teacher afterwards and she said, oh, I said, oh, what are you doing now? She goes, you wouldn't believe it. My husband, this is in Alice Springs, her husband had broken down coming out of Bar Ruler, exactly the same, broken his axle on the boat. And she goes, I've got to drive up there. There's no other way of getting him home. I've got to take an axle and then they've yeah. got to fix it. And then, and I said, well, you wouldn't believe it. I'm going to Bar Ruler right now. As soon as I finish this school talk, I am going to Borrula. Yeah. I'll take it for you. And she goes, well, yeah, that's good, but how are you going to find him? I said, well, he's, he's going to be the only bloke on the side of the road with a boat. We'll <laughs> 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 wave. And so I dropped it off to him. We sat there, drank half a dozen stubbies and yeah, helped him fix it, and we moved on. It was fantastic. You know, you know some yeah. of them things, like you say, turn negative into a point. We had a spring go once, and we were at Double Island Point. And we had a spring go on the trailer. So the axles actually come away. The spring's gone. We, uh, in our ingenuity and a bit of bush mechanics, we went and chopped down a decent-sized log, probably, you know, as round as your leg. We went from one bracket of the trailer to the other, had the axle underneath it, and we used telecom rope to tie that log to the trailer, both ends, and the axle to the log. And that log uh, served as a spring on that trailer for eight months. Really? Yep. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So there are ways to get you out of it. But yeah, yeah, devastating when stuff like that yeah. happens. And this is why we, we try and promote a bit of maintenance. You take it easy and uh, stay safe on the water. Thanks for the Over.